0: Thank you for joining us for this special episode of What is Black? Today we're introducing a new podcast, Reading in Black, inspired by my upcoming documentary of the same name. On Reading in Black, we're going to dive deep into the conversation on Black identity and explore the impact of Black children's literature on how not only Black children see themselves, but how literature that is written and illustrated and published by Black creators can make an impact on society by pushing forth narratives that are authentic and empowering. So join us for interesting conversations with Black creators. We'll celebrate our stories and our storytellers. And maybe you'll find a new book to add to your collection. So join us for this first episode where we speak with the creators of the new children's book, You So Black. I speak with the author, Teresa the Songbird, and illustrator, London Ladd. So I hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for Reading in Black. nice to have you all on, um, on the podcast, Reading in Black. So before we get started, the one question um, that I'd like to find out from you all is, what was the first book that made you feel seen? And I'll start with um, Teresa first.
1: Oh, that made me feel seen. Hmm, that's a good one. I would probably say, my mom bought me a children's book when I was little called Mufasa's Beautiful Daughters. <laughs> And that has always stuck out in my mind as like seeing the African princesses on each page that that would be the book
2: for me. Um, I think for me, I really didn't feel seen in books probably until my early 30s when I was in undergrad and um, looking at children's books by Kadir Nelson. Um, E.B. Lewis, you know Jerry Pinkney. Just looking at their work and see the representation that was on the pages of those books. Um, so there's no specific books. I think they were more or less like illustrators and creators and artists like that that really made me feel seen.
0: And so I think what what you just mentioned, London, is really at the heart of why um, I created Reading in Black. This idea that I know. I'm a little bit, a little bit older, but I, I think for me too, like I couldn't say there was one book that made me feel seen when I was little. So that's why I really made it, made it feel general because I think the work that you all do both as an, both as authors, entertainers, illustrators, right. You actually provide the means for kids to be seen, right. When they, when in many spaces they don't feel seen. And so to get this affirmation from something tangible like a book, I think makes all the difference because again, I was talked to so many friends, right? And family members and asked the same question. And for the most part, I get a lot of the same answers that London gave, right? I didn't see myself until I was older. And I'm hoping that this new generation of Black children, right, now have more opportunities to, to feel seen. And again, the work that you are putting out there not only makes them feel seen, right? But this idea of Affirming Black children, so you know books can be tools, right, to provide for Black children um, positive affirmations, and especially you, Teresa. Right, I mean your your words are so strong, right. So your your work started out as a poem, and now and yeah. in, into a book. So I'm just wondering, why is it so important, right, to see your words, and then I'll follow up with London about the images that affirm Black children.
1: Well, uh, piggybacking off of your first question about when you are, you know, feel seen in a book. I come from a family of educators. So to come from a family of Black educators, women who made very specific choices about how they guided us, when the opportunity came for this book to happen, those are the people I thought about. It was so important to me that like the ideas, the the intentionality of making sure that the kind of like the early programming of self-love is there.
0: And what about you, London, in terms of even seeing, you know, being able to draw the pictures right so that you draw images so that kids can then see themselves or even see representations of family members or people like them in books?
2: I grew up in a family, basically a single parent household, and my mother, she was white. So for me growing up, farther removed from Black culture and understanding it, and I really didn't kind of get a grasp of it until I kind of did my own research in my teens and my 20s. So for me, it was like a sense of like trying to find myself as a person of color, as an African American. And I, with me, when I started to really get into children's books and creating them, I wanted to make sure that my work genuine reflection of the beauty of Black culture, not just that we are part of the civils, meaning the civil rights or the Civil War era, like that we are geniuses and beautiful now and not a reflection solely of the past, of what certain identities are. So when I got a chance to really do, especially this book, I really had to kind of really find a way to really tap into a genuine spirit of Blackness that I felt would really identify with families, like Black families, just to kind of really make that connection of for myself with Blackness and the reflection of the work that I produce.
0: What I'm hearing you say that, hearing you say, right, is that, you know, I'm putting this, initially the question was in the context of how Black children feel affirmed, but what I also hear from you as well, right, is this journey of affirming ourselves, right, from childhood to to adulthood is a continued process, right? Yes. Um, and to be able to understand where we've been, where we are, and where we can be, right, are all in the in the process of understanding who you are in your in your unique how you show up uniquely as a black person. Yes. Um, and so. And I, I'm just going to go back to to reason. I think again, the words on the page, I think, do that right. So the images in the book that London um, London illustrated show not only children, right, but adults, young people, right, uh, this spectrum of of identity and age. And I'm wondering your thoughts about when you originally wrote the poem, where you were, and the thought of this idea of those three words, you so black.
1: You So Black is like, a you know, when you talk about the history of it, you know, most people of color who have grown up in, in the environment of color have heard that phrase in tandem with like the dozens, whether it's You So Black or your mama jokes. And when you peel all of that back, it originates in in the slave era, in a space of when we are being sold away from each other, it was our way of keeping the price low on mm. our, other, our on our family members. So you take that idea, and of course you get further away from it, and it becomes, you so Black, your mama jokes, and all that kind of stuff. But at the seed, it is grown from love. It is grown from a sense of protection. So... My goal is always to like take it to the seed, take it to that place from love and protection, and to empower the words so that when you hear you so black, it's that whatever that sting is, is immediately stripped off of it. Because what resonates is, oh, I know a poem about being black that says exactly that. And by the end of that poem, you can't tell me anything about my blackness. And that is the desire to to reclaim the seed of love and self-protection.
0: And again, so again, what I'm thinking, but brought up to what you were saying that brought into my mind was Maya Angelou's poem, Phenomenal Woman, Phenomenally, mm. right? So this idea of, again, this lyricism and centering who, you know, you know, uh, Phenomenal Woman is about centering, you know, womanhood, right? You're centering this identity of, of who we are, um, historically, as being black, and present day, our, our identity of blackness. But I love that. I love the sentiment that again, you know, when someone says phenomenal, you know, phenomenal woman, recites phenomenal woman. The same thing. I think hopefully the same thing resonates for someone when they say you so black, right? Right. I mean, I can't do do the poem justice. All right, in terms <laughs> of your words, but I mean, but again, I love, I love that that idea, right? And again, going back to this idea of aff- affirming children, right? Having, I can say a parent reading this book to their, to their child, right? Yes. It's like, you're so, you so black, you know, you Yes. Need. and if you don't mind, I'm, I might, I might ask you later on, if you wouldn't mind reading a few lines, reading a few lines from the book, but I, but I, I just love, I just definitely love the message, right? Um, this empowerment, joy, and reclamation that the story, um, story really it's deep, right? It's just, it's deeper than the words, but at the same time, it's, um, it's so powerful, so powerful.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So London, question for you. What is your process to lift the words and give them life, right? And put them into picture. I, mean, I know you talked a little bit about connecting to, wanting to connect to families and in this understanding in, in historical context, right, of being Black and showing up as Black. I'm just wondering what your process as an artist to to do something like that for this book, to lift the words and give them life.
2: Well, listen to Teresa's amazing poem over and over and over um, and really kind of embody the spirit and the cadence that she brought it out. Uh, that was the biggest challenge. I think that for me, if there was two things that were the most challenging as I began the process of creating this, is capturing her cadence, because when you listen, when you watch that YouTube, when I was first presented this book, I'll never forget. Like somebody from the publishing house sent me a link, and they're like, "Check this poem out," and we maybe you may be illustrating this, and I remember I was like, I was like, I got a lot of uh, goosebumps, and I was just like, whoa and i'm like this is power this is this is i've been illustrating books since 2008 and i to me this was like whoa this was a different level for me so for me when i was going into this i had to come into it a frame of mind where i had to almost spiritually level up my creativity to match the cadence and the power that she brought forth that was the first thing the other thing is to really understand the importance of this book generationally and not just for the kids and the families now, but I'm talking about when 10 years from now, 15, 20 years, when they are reading it to the, and and it, it has to hold up where they can feel tra- like generationally it can be passed down the next ones in their family even though that won't help book sales, because if it's the same book they're passing down, well, you know, maybe they'll buy two or three copies and pass them, keep passing them around. To really, as I said this before, honest. They respect honesty. <laughs> That's a, you can't be fake. So if you come at it, come correct, you're gonna be exposed and they will they will call you out on it without any doubt. So for me, ...was to just make sure to talk to Black folks, do research, um, and really get into a space, again, where it really resonates, where they can understand what I'm trying to bring as an illustrator, as a creator, when I'm kind of sharing ideas, Makes sense. Like, even like, you know, the Black with privilege, Black with pride... Black on Purpose on the Black Hand Side, I thought of Obama right there. Bam. That was one of the first images for that book where I was like, because it's privilege and pride, and especially when I was looking at his inauguration again, man, that was a long time ago. And I was just looking at it, and he's just raising his hand. He's got his hand on the Bible, and he's raising his hand. And he's got the justice, Supreme Court justice, and he's got it. It's a cold day, and that's all I could think of, and that privilege and pride of achieving Office in this nation. So, you know, it was like really coming into a space where it was being as like I said, honest, capturing her cadence, and really understanding that the importance of this project not just now but in the future. If that makes any sense. That's a long way to explain a process. I'm sorry, because I because I am a very emotive illustrator. Uh, and I get into my projects. And this project, it was so powerful to me. I, was, I changed my, my grad school thesis on Black representation because of this book. And I really got into, because my, my thesis was about Black representation with certain writers and certain eras, and it, was, it melded everything together. And it was very therapeutic. So that was part of my process as well as well, is really immersion.
0: I don't know how that makes you feel, Teresa. I mean, I have goosebumps with London talking about the impact your um, your words had on him as he going through his creative process. So I don't know how that makes how that makes you feel.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, definitely goosebumps. I'm over here like talking to my like we're not gonna cry on this woman's podcast. That's what <laughs> we're not gonna do today. But I am I am thoroughly moved. It's it is wonderful to see someone because like you know me and london never been in the same room this is this is the first time i have heard his voice (laughs) you know what i'm saying like we this so to have someone who is relatively a stranger like get it get it like the whole he gets it and that to me is the most profound
2: feeling well thank you. Like yeah, I I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing your face and I'm like, "Oh god, I'm ner- I'm so nervous right now." And uh and I was just like I was kind of a little starstruck, so I was like, "Uh <laughs> be quiet here, but I'm getting comfortable here." Good, good.
0: Again, to me this really really speaks to the power of words, the power of books, right? The power of not just a message, right? Like this 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 singular thought or or, or a string of words, right? But it's, you paint, you paint a picture, right? You paint in the sense that I think when people, when, when I heard the same, when I heard your YouTube video to understand the rhythm, right? Of the, of the poem, the impact of the poem, right? And that spoken word, I mean, it was, it was very powerful. And then to see it in the book with the, with the pictures, right. With the illustrated pictures. I mean, I'm just imagining what, um, I mean, I can feel like, I mean, this is, this is art, right. This books are art, right. But this is really, this is really art, right. Yes. So, yeah. So it's amazing. The one question that comes back to me, I think, you know, your how you show up, right. This, this, our identity as our culture, right. Our black culture comes out in the work that we do, um, or who we are. Right. And so, I'm just wondering in general, what inspired you, what inspired both of you to even become a creator? Do you, do you feel like it's like a chicken or an egg? You already, you were born a creator or did something, did something make you a creator? Something like you've, something that's just said like, oh, you know, I can do this and I'm going to do this.
1: Well, yeah, for me, I've always kind of been a a maker. I've, I've always wanted to be on stage since I was a child. Like, since I was like three, I've always wanted to be on stage. So I knew that entertainment was coming for me. Um, and I've always like, I'm, I was a, I'm the oldest, I was a busy kid. So crafts were always my thing. But when I turned 10, my my mother had a brain aneurysm and my mom worked in corporate America. She worked so hard and she survived. You know, she's doing great. I don't want you to think that this is like a super sad story. It's not, but As a 10-year-old watching your mother go through something so stressful and then hearing my mom say that like, oh, that job is what broke my brain. At 10, I asked God, the universe, whatever power it is that you believe in, I asked to never have to work so hard for anybody else that it would break my brain. And if God could let me just the things that I'm capable of doing for myself if he could allow that to sustain my life I would be a happy camper and when I tell you everything that I've ever set my hand to is something that I can monetize and make a business from so my creativity is my ultimate
2: resource hmm. I guess creativity for me is as a kid I believe it or not I I loved comic books you know, animation and stuff. But I really, I did some art when I was a child, but it wasn't until I really got into college that I really did art, really thought like, man, I really want to pursue this and really create. And when I really started to kind of get into, I, I would feel like I kind of, kind of peaking now. I'm peaking, peaking, I, You know, what, I'm ascending now, not say peaking, because if I'm peaking, then I've reached my limit. And I don't think I've reached my I'm I'm still learning I I went to grad school. I just finished grad school at age fifty. And it is the greatest experience that I've had up to, to this point in my life as an, as an individual. Um for so for me, creativity has always been there because being somebody who loved movies, comic books, the narration of things it was natural to be an illustrator, like, because you are the director, you are the cinematographer, you are the person who's in charge of costume design. And so I get to create these narrative elements to to words, because I'm not a writer. I've been trying to write a book for the past two years, a picture book, and it's hard work. But one thing with my creativity that I feel is a strength, and I said this before, is really immersing into the project. It really because being an only child in a single parent household, I I was by myself a lot, so I had to kind of find ways to be creative, not just in the artistic sense, whether it was like building things, building models or anything like that. Um, so for me, creativity in, in this realm, in this arena, it's like, I was thinking about this last night where and being a creator of images, I'm I'm so thankful for because you never realize the impact of the work that you do until you kind of, you get the reception of others, and I guess I feel I fuel myself with that because I want to make sure that, that my stuff really speaks to those, especially African American, like like um, subject matter. You know, because it's easy to say, you know, you got to paint animals, you got to paint, you know, other races, but no, this is I I, I thrive creatively on, you know, black culture african-american especially african-american culture because it's what i know um it's what i what, what i love so my creativity is always kind of really and i'm talking forever here and i'm sorry i'm eating up your whole podcast time here but you know i'm in a studio by myself so when i get to share i'm gonna talk as much as i don't get the gift of uh you know and what Teresa does amazingly which is to kind of you know be speak so well out in the crowd so i'm going to share as much as i can <laughs> as a as an illustrator but for me creativity is just just loving what i do and that and that's that's all i can really kind of say i'm sorry if it doesn't answer the if i if i kind of went in a long way to say love basically creation is about love
0: no i think um, i mean i think that's if that's your answer that is that's the best answer right because um, I think, you know, again, for me, I think this, the idea for, um, you know, Teresa talked about like the seed, right? Like starting from like the root, this understanding, you know, historically that when Black people were enslaved years ago, right, we were we were denied the access of reading, writing, our own history and telling our own stories, right? And so this idea that now, you know, 400 years later, this legacy and this resilience and and joy of creating, either just for our own for our own love and purposes, or to share with others, is like so it's so amazing, right? And and again, London, you talked about how you hope that this book it's the thought process of the art that you drew, right? That this book would sort of almost be eternal, right? You know, it would it would mm-hmm. be generational, you know, be a generational gift for for other people. And knowing that in the roots of Black black literature, right? That was one way that Black books got around. People, if they didn't have the means, they couldn't go to the library, couldn't get a library card, right? Whatever book they had, whatever magazine they had, they shared it. So that was a way to 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 get the word out. So I think it's amazing. Thank you. So I want to do a segment on the on the podcast. It's called the give and take section or segment, give and take segment. And so the idea that, you know, we're talking about and giving to our listeners information about um about your book, but I'd also like um for our listeners to take away something. So I would love your thoughts about what book or books you'd recommend for others to take away to enjoy either reading or learning more about?
1: Well, I have uh, an awesome sister out of uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area. Her name is B. Sharice Moore. And she is a science fiction young author, writer. And she has a book called Dr. Marvelous Jen's Odd Scholars. And she also has some other uh, texts that she has written that kind of, are guidelines for teachers who are looking for context to teach sci-fi, specifically Afro-futuristic sci-fi. And it like lines out class structure, worksheets. It is, she's an awesome educator and an awesome writer and author. And I'm just really excited because I am a fan of sci-fi work. And it is a place, it's hard to find people who look like you in the realm of fantasy and magic. Mm.
2: I hate to say this, but I'm so, I can't think of one specific book. Again, I think something that comes to mind right now. I mean, I, I, I have a, I'm a fan of illustrators that really move me creatively in the way they kind of, they do their books, the way that they use their colors. I would say, one person right now that probably influenced, like I just love their work, and I always, I, I can always look at their work. Is anything by Equa Holmes? She did, oh goodness, she did um, the Fannie Lou Hamer book, "The Voice of Freedom." I, I will say that that I love that book. I can, I can, I, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's just a great book. It's just the colors, the way the artwork. I it, it just I, I can't say enough about her work. Uh, anything that she does, I, I just love. And so whenever she has something out, I will go get it. Uh, I will buy it. And so I, I, that's probably the best answer that I have. All
0: right. That works. That works. So I want to thank you both for um, for joining me today on the on the um, podcast. And before we go, if you want to share any upcoming projects where people can learn more about you and follow you and just, just know learn all the stuff about you.
1: Well, you can follow me everywhere at THA Songbird. It's THASongbird.com for the website. You can Google THA Songbird and find out everything you want to know about me. I am in the midst of writing my my next children's book and hopefully. God's All Good Grace and Order, we are expanding that book into a scripted series.
2: Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, I guess with me, I'm, I'm working on, I got a few picture books that I'm working on right now. So I'm in the lab with that. Uh, you can go to my website, LondonLad.com. It's just like like the city, L O N D O N, L A D D.com. You can follow me on Instagram. You, so I try to post as much as I can, but I'm very busy right now. I'll get back to posting more art. Um, but I'm just kind of really working on some books and teaching um, editorial illustration at Syracuse University this fall. So I'm excited about that to kind of really instruct and teach. That's something that's near and dear. And hopefully someday have my own a community center locally here in Syracuse for uh, for families to come and kind of learn and create art someday.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you can, please rate, review, and share this episode. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And you can also check us out on our website at whatisblack.co. And we look forward to um, sharing more great episodes and some upcoming announcements um, for this upcoming uh, upcoming new season of What Is Black, our fifth season. So stay stay tuned for more information and we'll talk to you soon.